Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is sponsored by Golden Artist Colors. Golden Artist Colors became an employee-owned company in 2002, and in 2010, the employees became the majority owners. And despite worldwide distribution, Golden product is still created on the grounds of the original barn in New Berlin using the highest standards for consistency and quality. You can find their products in pretty much every art store, and you can find more about them at goldenpaints.com. Angela Heisch is an artist living and working in Brooklyn, New York. She received her MFA from SUNY Albany in 2014, the same year she was awarded the Daedalus Foundation Fellowship. She was a resident of Saltonstall Foundation of the Arts, in the Virginia Center for the Creative Arts, and Gutenberg Arts. She's had recent solo shows with Davidson Gallery, Gallery 106 Green, One River School, and No Place Gallery. Some recent group shows include Transmitter, Crush Curatorial, Part 2 Gallery, Angel Gallery, Barney Savage, Mother Gallery, George Gallery, Ortega E. Gasset, Park Place Gallery, Jeffrey Young Gallery, Happy Gallery, and Tamor Graney Gallery. Her work has been featured in Art Forum and Art in America, The Brooklyn Rail, AEQAI, Art SF Blog, Make Magazine Issue 2, Young Space, and Open House Blog. Angela just opened a solo show at Davidson Gallery here in New York City, and I stopped by her Bed-Stuy studio for a talk about her time from New Zealand to Buffalo, not being fussy, playing the flute, Jethro Tull, and much more. Here's our conversation. Well, I think good Posture con- and eye contact. Good, is that the issue? Those are like my issues that I like always... Were your always- parents always saying like... Look oh. at people when they say hi to you. Always. Was My, it shyness? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Shyness. I think it's part of it. It's, yeah. not, it's not like you're trying to be a jerk or anything. You yeah, just, no. It's no. hard to like... It's really hard. When you're little and shy. Yeah. To like look at grown-ups and be like, hi, how you doing? You know? Some people's eyes you like don't want to look into. I think that's... Yeah. I think like as a child you're like... I think I was kind of like innately like not wanting to... I don't know. Right. Especially grown-ups as, as a shy child. Yeah. Hesitant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those have been the, I don't know, I was like a kid who always liked to hang out with the adults. Because, yeah. like, other children were just so, like, boisterous and high energy and crazy and, like, all over the place. I liked, like, the, like, how adults were always just, like, sitting down, <laughs> like, talking. Order. Yeah, order. Calm. Yeah. yeah. Wait, did you have siblings? Yeah, I have one brother, yeah. Older or younger? Younger. And he was, like. Oh, so you're the, you're the. Yeah. Well, in the, in the older sibling usually is the one that's supposed to have it together. Oh yeah, be, my yeah yeah yeah, kind of like yeah, you know, calm and yes, not spazzing out. Yeah, the younger ones are the ones that are allowed to kind that's of. That's true. My brother, when he was younger, was like, I don't want to say he was. I don't know. He was like really into fire and like, <laughs> I don't know. He was a boy, so yeah. like fire and construction like, vehicles. Yeah, construction vehicles, dirt. Yeah, I don't think that stuff don't know, is like socially fi- he programmed. He was really into fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just, I think there is something to be said for, oh yeah, you know, boys just tend to like 
yeah queens and stuff yeah my brothers though like i'm i don't i really don't like surprises i like kind of knowing what's coming my brother's always been the one who's like i don't know my mom has a story of like whenever she like we went camping one weekend Mm -hmm. and she for whatever she was like okay everybody get in the car and i like grabbed all my stuff and i was also like what's it gonna be like like where are we going what's the weather like like Who's going to be there? Like, where, where are we staying? Where are we going to sleep? And my brother was just sitting in the car. like Just waiting. Just waiting to go. But then we get to where we were going, wherever we were camping, and my brother didn't pack a single thing. Like, he right. didn't bring anything. Not prepared at all. No, he didn't ask any of the questions or, like, I don't know. But now he's, like, very, I don't know. I think he's kind of grown out of that. Yeah. He's got, like, a real job and pays rent and... Yeah, responsibility hits, yeah. usually hits at some point. Yeah, <laughs> some but as a child, it was like... Bedlam? Yeah, it was it was crazy. Well, where'd you grow up? So, uh, so I grew up in New Zealand until I was 10, and then um, Buffalo from <laughs> age 10 to 17. Man, that's a big change. Yeah, it was new. I haven't lot. been to New Zealand. Really? I have a friend who's an architect there. Really? And I've seen some of the photos, yeah, of course, and yeah, it just yeah. looks amazing. It's beautiful, yeah. It's Buffalo, kinda... too. I mean, it's gorgeous. <laughs> <Buffalo>. <laughs> Jeez. Now, Buffalo. You really <laughs> went on the other end of the spectrum there. Yeah, I was so... My mom's from Buffalo. I don't know. Moving to Buffalo was like... It was honestly a little... I don't know. It was very... Challenging? Dramatic. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, it was like a very dramatic move for me. I just remember like crying the whole plane over, yeah. um, like saying goodbye to my cat and my grandma. But oh, then, yeah. But land, yeah, landing in Buffalo and like growing up in Buffalo from 10. 10's like a weird age. Yeah, because you're getting socially situated. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. that just gets thrown out the window, basically. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. So Time I, for a new start. Yeah. And in Buffalo, I don't know. Yeah, we moved to this town, East Aurora, which is like this teeny... Um, not conservative politically, but like conservative little towns, like very historic. It's where the um, the Roycroft Arts Movement. Mm-hmm. Do you actually know what that is? No, I've no. Okay, nobody knows what it is. But sounds <laughs> yeah familiar, but yeah, sure. It's like <laughs> it's like book binding and handmade. It's around, it, it kind of provincial. Came, yeah, right, it yeah. came it came about like I think alongside the Industrial Revolution. So it was like handmade furniture it's all very heavy and clunky and like yeah and book binding there's like a le- yeah letterpress so there's remnants of that yeah like yeah. the whole town is just all about that and all yeah. about fisher price because fisher price uh oh wow started there so there's like weird giant toys everywhere and i don't know it's a really strange it was a strange contrast to especially New where Zealand. you're coming from yeah. So wait, yeah. why did that move happen? Um, my mom is from Buffalo, and my dad is from my dad's English, but he grew up in New Zealand. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, they when they married, how did they meet? They met in Amsterdam. What? Well, there's so many. So places. crazy, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My mom was traveling with her friend, and my dad was washing. I don't really. I should get like the whole story from my dad because I feel like I don't. I don't know. You know those things that your parents tell you that you're like, I should ask more about that. But my dad was washing windows for a hotel Mm -hmm. in Amsterdam that my mom was staying at with her friend. Well, how did did a a guy from England end up washing windows there? I think he, I think what he's, so 
so he he had been living in New Zealand or he was living in London for a while and then I think he was living in New Zealand and then I don't know again he was sort of old too they met my dad was like 37 it's funny thinking of like these crazy life changes happening to your parents and it's like 37 seems like late in the game yeah to just to just <laughs> say like fuck it and go yeah. to amsterdam and like wash went i don't even know i'm not 100 percent sure he was also going around with like a tour bus too um but yeah um it sounds I like maybe some stuff there's some like missing pieces of the puzzle i'm sure that i don't but they met in amsterdam yeah they met in amsterdam and they were just friends and then they became pen pals and uh yeah they claim that they were just friends and then my mom was living in san francisco my dad was living in Wait, um, how'd she end up there from Auckland. buffalo she's a travel she was a traveling nurse oh yeah so she like she was traveling all over the country and at that point was in san francisco so my dad visited her there and i think like romance they hit it off. Yeah, they hit it off. More and then than just she visited Yeah. And then she visited him in New Zealand. And then they got and then they moved to New York for a year and got married soon after that. And I think my dad was so my dad's like a or he was like a graphic designer, freelance graphic designer, like storyboard artist. And he also like used to make paintings too. And I think he he had like a pretty built up network in Auckland at yeah. that point. So, um, and I think my mom was planning on still working as a nurse. Um, but yeah, then they moved, so they moved to New Zealand, got married, and lived there for 10 years. Then moved back to Buffalo. And then moved back to Buffalo, so yeah. So why did that happen? Um, there's enough, so my, we didn't really have that much family in New Zealand. My brother and I are the first ones born there. Mm-hmm. My dad's family's all, his mom lived there, um, and dad but not a lot of not a lot of like extended family. Yeah, not a lot of like cousins. We didn't grow up with like cousins and yeah. Um but my mom's family always lived in Buffalo. Yeah. Um so you had more family us. there. Yeah. And schooling. There was like a thing like New Zealand school system is like a little I liked it. I like thrived in New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah, there weren't any standardized, there wasn't any standardized testing. Like, I didn't know what a multiple choice question was until I moved to the States. They wanted more rigor. Yeah, and I think, yeah, like, everything in New Zealand was written. Um, And, like, I just remember when when you get, like, your report, I'm sure, I know there's more, like, testing sort of as you move up the ladder in age. Um, But even, yeah, being, like, 9 and 10 and have never... Everything was written and spoken. Your reports all came back like they were just like paragraphs describing how you were behaving and yeah, like yeah. how Not like we, a list of ninety eights and seventy sixes or anything. Yeah, no. Like and then I moved to the states and it was like, yeah. And then it was a list of like seventy sixes. Just another hard yeah, I did not, adjustment. Yeah, yeah. It was really tricky. Um, yeah so then yeah i think so i I don't know i would say it was like mostly school my mom says mostly school and family um so you came well your brother was younger yeah my brother was like four no my brother that's probably easier right um i don't know if it was easier it's a really funny like when my when we first moved it was really hard um 
the hard, I know this sounds so silly because New Zealand's like an English speaking country, but um, they do have pretty like thick accents. We had pretty thick accents, yeah. and we moved to this town where like n- there was nobody from anywhere besides Buffalo, and right. you, it's like very. They even have a Buffalo accent. Yeah. So oh yeah. You're talking. I hope I don't to, have a Buffalo accent. Too no. very. No. There's no trace of any accent really oh, to good. my ear. Okay. Yeah. I get mixed. Some people. I don't know. I think if you're around me for long enough, you can hear a bit of Buffalo. No New Zealand. Some people say they hear a bit of New Zealand, and it comes out from time to time. But um, but yeah, when we moved, so I was yeah, I was like ten. My brother was. Oh, my brother then. Seven. He was like six, seven. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like he was younger, but he, uh, he just stopped talking for a while. Um, because, and I know this sounds kind of dramatic, but it was, it was really frustrating, like moving, especially when you're 10 to this town where like nobody has an accent and everyone's from Buffalo and no one sounds different or looks different. Um, not that we look different, but, um, nobody sounded different. So, it was like everything I said, people were just commenting on how I was speaking right. instead of like responding to what I was actually saying. It yeah. was like, that was so frustrating, especially when you're just trying to like make friends and... God, you really had to accelerate losing that accent. Yeah. So in like two years after I m- we moved to Buffalo, I remember like deliberately starting to like harden all my R's more my ah sounds and yeah yeah became your ear yeah yeah (laughs) i remember asking for like the stapler and i remember that felt really weird and i felt really self-conscious like everyone must have just noticed that i added the hard r on the end of the because you would have gone with stapler yeah stapler did they have staplers (laughs) yeah Yeah. i mean were they called staplers yes there's a few things that are different like like bathing suits are called togs Huh, I didn't know that. Yeah, togs. Um, there's a few other things. I didn't, yeah. Are cookies cookies or biscuits? Cookies or biscuit or bickies. We or, always call them oh, cookies bickies, right. yeah. Or chips, like chips, chips or chips. French and fries or, yeah. Or crisps, potato chips. Or chips. <laughs> or like chippies. I don't know oh, why. Yeah. Um, I Australia, New Zealand's a little bit like Australia where they kind of like add, they sort of, I mean, Australia. Tweak it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like love that. Chippies and I love like local bickies. vernacular. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. There was that was a huge shift. God, you had to lose all that. Yeah, I know. I would be so. I'd be like infinitely more charming if I had a New Zealand accent. Still, I'm. I I you regret probably, that. Ever. It's like one of the only things on, I regret. Right? Probably no. You can't. I mean, I can a bit. I kind of tell people I can, <laughs> but. I, I, I don't think you I just can. listen to a little bit of like an audio book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By someone reading from the you would. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. When we it. visit, when we went to visit, I kind of got it back a bit. Um, and I do. It's weird when I read. I don't like. I notice that I like some of the words I read, and sometimes when it like things will slip out. Yeah. With a little bit of like a New Zealand twang, right. but I spent. I just. Yeah. I tried really hard to yeah. get rid of it so hard i mean i'm from pittsburgh yeah okay, and it, there's a specific accent what is pittsburgh it's just different it doesn't sound like anything else and there's its own vernacular and i remember getting to an age where it's like oh this isn't like the real way to say this thing. Yeah, i gotta yeah. learn how to not speak like this yeah okay it- yeah i had the same thing happen when i left buffalo 
Buffalo to me was American. I just thought, oh, this is how all Americans speak because my mom always had an American accent growing up. Yeah. So I was always like, oh, Americans are really like, like, yeah, yeah. Eh, like really like harsh and everything's hard and um and like loud because that's just my mom. But that's, I mean, that is a lot of America. That's like Buffalo. Right. Buffalo is everything sounds so hard and it's like, like the weather. It yeah, bites it al- at you. Yeah, it almost sounds like. Buffalonians are like twisting, like wringing out their words. Right. Like, I don't know, it's a lot of. Anyways, but yeah, moving away from Buffalo is when I noticed, yeah, like coffee or like what or huh? Like all those really abrasive, like yeah. hard sounding. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh's a little bit like that where we. Uh, yeah, I feel like you say like, things like downtown instead of downtown. Downtown. Like, do you say hello. crick instead of we creek? We do. Yes, yeah, so does Buffalo says crick. Yeah, there's probably some similarities because we had a crick. Yeah, we <laughs> right had a crick. from our house. We had a crick too. And then yeah. I remember when someone would talk about a crick in the neck and I just thought there were two ways. Yeah. We say wash instead of wash. That's crazy. So you wash your clothes. That's wild. I know. See, that's... <laughs> that's and like, for a while I didn't know there was a right way to say it in the wrong. I thought there was just two opportunities to say it. Wow! Yeah, because oh there's this big God. hill in Pittsburgh com- called Mount Washington. What? But it's Washington, but everyone says Washington. That's so distracting. That's crazy. Washington. It gets weirder. There's other ones. Whoa! But it took a while to to lose oh it. God. But if I really want to, I can go right down <laughs> in that accent. Like it could just turn it right on. Whoa! Oh and my God! So all your family sounds like that? Yeah. Wow. Deep, like deep woodsy sounding like that. Whoa. Are they aware? Do they seem or feel out of place when they leave? No, they're so... The only time that they're aware of it is when I just really make fun of them. Yeah. Because I'll speak back to them in an accent even deeper than what they're giving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they kind of chuckle because they know like, oh, yeah, you yins guys are... Oh, we say yins instead of you all. Yins? Yeah, yins Oh, what is... Oh, yins guys are going Buffalo says uh, use a lot. use. Use. It's similar. Yeah. Or like my mom, like when my mom speaks, she's like, so I says to them, I says (laughs) like that kind of stuff where it's like, what? Yeah, but there's a lot of use. There's a lot of use. Use guys. Right. Yeah. Well, that must have been tough. You really, (laughs) you really didn't have an accent that was going to be ignored. No, I know. Yeah, it was really off. It was, yeah, I had a hard time with that. Um, I really regret it, but. uh, Was school tough? Because yeah, schools. Yeah, when I first moved to um, Buffalo, we went to so in New Zealand. I went to a Catholic school, and we didn't grow up like real Catholic. We went to church on like Christmas, but um, in New Zealand, there's like there's either public schools, but most of the schools I think are like private, mm-hmm. um, and I think they're. Pri- I don't know. I can't really speak on how much they cost, but um, so I did go to a private school, and it was a Catholic school. And we wore uniforms and all that. But it was not... Anyways, I loved my school. It was... We, like, ran around barefoot and... It sounded, like, free I, and easy. Yeah, it's super free <laughs> and easy. There were no tests. Um, was uh, creativity... Was it kind of a creative it, environment? Or was it more traditional <sighs> school, just less strict about things? I think it was just less strict. I don't want to say it was, cr- like, a creative. And also, it's sort of hard to gauge, because when you're younger, I feel like so much of what you do is, like, draw a picture of a lion. Right. What does a lion look like? So it's like, yeah, it, it definitely was a lot different than, like, algebra, yeah. trigonometry. out. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, maybe, but there were... 
I don't know, New Zealand's just like a little rougher or it was back then. So I don't know, it's just less it's just less I don't know. That was like a big thing noticing like maybe America's just very like by the books. Yeah. There's like all these Rigid. rules and yeah, so um so a Catholic school in New Zealand was like I don't know, I loved it. It was I don't know. It Which was is so just, funny because the people here who go to Catholic school oh, usually yeah. complain about just how yeah you know strict and rigid it's hard to imagine a catholic school that's free and easy (laughs) yeah no i remember like i don't know and again it might be because we were younger a bit but i don't know like 10 i don't know we went to school with like maybe the oldest kids were like 13 um and it's funny like the way the classrooms were set up was there's just room one through seven Mm -hmm. and um room one through seven and you were in the you were in the same classroom as kids who were like so I was, you start going to school when you're five. And as a five-year-old, I was shared a classroom with someone who was like eight oh, really? and 11. Yeah, there were kids of like all ages in my classroom. Was it classroom. just based on their ability or was it? No. Oh. <laughs> it was they like. just threw people together. Yeah, and this might be why my mom wanted to. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's a loose curriculum. <laughs> super loose. <laughs> yeah, I remember being five. And it's funny. It's like as soon as you turn five in New Zealand, you just go to school the next day. Oh wow! Like no matter when. Yeah, just throw you in there. Yeah, it's like <laughs> oh, you're five now. Like so, time to go to school. Um, that's how it worked for us, anyways. So, so yeah, I, when I entered, started school at age five, I was in a classroom with like older kids who were like eight. Something good about that. Yeah, it was cool. I don't know. Intimidating, I'm sure. But it was really you intimidating. Get, you probably get used to it. Yeah, you do. Quickly. I didn't think it was strange until I moved to the States, and I was like, wow, everybody, we're all the same age. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then also, like, furthermore, you start getting kind of siphoned off into groups like these. This is, like, advanced math, yeah, and, yeah. like, here's people who are having trouble reading. And, yeah. yeah, there's just, like, none of that there. I don't know. Which, again, like, maybe that's not a good long term. Maybe that's why mom wanted to yeah. come to <laughs> A little more intensive, like, yeah, so, specialized education. Yeah, yeah, but it was really hard. Yeah, when we so I moved moved to Buffalo East Aurora, and I and my mom asked, she's like, "Do you want to go to this private school or the public school?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "I want to go to the Catholic school because that was the only school. Oh, that boy. was the only yeah, it was not, <laughs> not the same, <laughs> not the same at all. Terrible. I was, yeah, I came home crying like every like yeah. It was I had a really bad teacher. I think that was the. I think that was the... That'll do it. Yeah, she was really off. She just didn't... Um, I don't know. I was having a really hard time, like, meeting people, making friends, and, again, like, the accent thing. Just, oh, being, just being asked to, like, repeat certain words that I was saying and funny, apparently. You're like, I um, get it, I get it. I yeah. get it. Can we get over this? Yeah. And I just kept going with yeah, it. Yeah, and I was having a hard time, like, just... I was having a hard time learning. I don't know. I, like, I can't even imagine. Again, New Zealand's not like it's an English speaking. It's not too different from the states. But I was just so distracted. I was having a really hard time. Like I feel like there's a huge chunk of like fourth to I don't know, like seventh grade, where I was just, just so overwhelmed, like with everything. Um, what did you find solace in? Um, God, it wasn't the weather. It was Holy not the crap. weather. No, I loved. I was so. I like. Oh, did you I, like the cold? Yeah, I loved it. Uh-oh. I still do. I really like. I don't know. I think I'm kind of like a. I think that's a Buffalo thing. Maybe I'm kind of like a. 
there has to be like a little bit of like misery. I'm kind of in the things can't be too nice. That's right. why I'm like I would never live in California because see I have that too. Like, I don't want it to be too yeah yeah comfortable. I grew up in Pittsburgh, which is very gray. Yeah. So if it's super too gray. too sunny, like when I go to LA, yeah, it's like or too... San Diego, I'm like all right. After like a week of it, yeah. You know, you you, you kind of just want an off day, like yeah, a day of rain or a day of gray, but. Yeah. But the lo- the older I get, I think I could acclimate. I know to the older, <laughs> yeah. I know. Even just living I don't know, New York is a funny kind of cold though cuz it's not it's not buffalo cold, no, which is just no. so much snow. And at least when you have lots of snow, it like feels <laughs> I don't know, it feels worth the cold. You're like, this is just so shitty. Like yeah. New York snow too is disgusting. Like it has yeah, 2 just, hours of beauty. Yeah. And then it's just black crappy yeah. like cigarette butts yeah 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 yeah. it's just not new york's cold isn't worth isn't worth it it's not you don't really get there's not much payoff it's like i don't know i really love yeah i love the snow but yeah the older i get i'm like a little i don't i kind of wish it snowed here more though honestly i really like like a change in I don't know. Yeah, I don't like things being too... I love consistency, like, in my life. I just don't like... I don't know. I guess I don't like when things are too easy. Yeah. And easy... I don't know. LA... Well, it seems like you had some life obstacles. Like, the path wasn't always straight and narrow and easy. Yeah, no, yeah. So you probably acclimated to a little bit of pushback. Yeah, definitely. Well, where does creativity come into the equation? Uh, yeah, uh, my... Well, your dad obviously was creative. Yeah. But, I mean, growing up, were you always sketching or, like, were you always into art? Yeah, so my dad, growing up in New Zealand, had, like, a studio in his, in the in the garden, like, in the backyard. Drafting and table? Yeah, he had a... picture of drafting... Yeah, well, graphic he did. Designer. Yeah, he had a drafting when table. When you're young, a drafting table is a marvelous... It's, it's like, insane. It's crazy. It's so big, yeah. It's, it's huge. It's and huge. It's like, that's dedicated to making drawings, yeah. which is kind of enticing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I really loved like all the little... Um, so my dad was a graphic designer before... I mean, he never learned the technology to do it, um, to work on the computer. Right. So he was doing everything by hand. Yeah. But I used to love all those like little... He always had like a piece of cardboard on the... Mm-hmm. drafting table for making cuts and yeah stuff? for making cuts yeah. and i used to love scribbling on that and i used to love looking at my dad my dad had these insane doodles all over that from oh, talking yeah, on yeah. the phone right um oh the old phone yeah the old the rotary phone. yeah where you were just tethered so yeah, you had yeah, the sketch yeah. right there yeah it's so funny i just yeah i haven't thought about that since then but yeah that doesn't exist in my parents now my parents have a cordless phone uh-huh they still have a house phone. They don't really have cell phones. So, they're not, that generation's not ready to give it up. Yeah, no, you know? they're not. They're holding on. Like, now, what if there's an emergency? <laughs> that's I'm what like, my parents always say. I'm when there's like, an emergency, the landline never works. Yeah. <laughs> it works less than and the And when satellite. there's an emergency where like a cell phone wouldn't just also make sense. Right, yeah. Like, I, know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do the same thing 20 or 30 Oh, yeah, from- <laughs> totally. <laughs> I already have like a little bit of that in me. Like, yeah holding on to things i like my laptop yeah you know? yeah <laughs> it's like yeah you gotta type on a keyboard it's crazy i know I'm, yeah um so he had this doodling in the- yeah oh yeah but i mean yeah so he was a graphic designer he did storyboards for uh play uh, plays in auckland and he um he did a lot of like commercial he's like a cartoonist mm-hmm. but he also made paintings um he it's made pretty cool. really f- crazy, funny paintings. Um, I'm he, picturing a Mad Men looking guy. 
Like, is it, was he wearing suits and... No. No, not at all? No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, my dad is not Mad Men at all. Do you ever uh, see those Walt he... Disney animators who are cartoonists and all, they also painted? No. There's a really good video online of, like, I think it's, like, three people paint a tree. That's so funny. And one yeah, is, like, yeah. Mon like, kind of abstract style. And it's really interesting, but they're all, like, you know designers and cartoonists so they're like they wear the suit and tie yeah i know i know that is just no, that's not that my, wasn't him no, no. Okay. not at all um no this was new zealand too so right. like i don't think anyone's <laughs> i don't even know if that exists flip-flops and tank tops yeah and, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah like sandals and jeans and shirt i don't know and yeah but so my dad always worked from home mm-hmm. um but yeah i used to hang out in his studio I didn't really, I don't think I paint. It was more doodling and drawing. Um, That was sort of like my favorite thing to do growing up in New Zealand. Then I moved to the States and I think, yeah, I still, there is a bit of that. I was kind of focused in like a, I don't know, I kind of had like a weird, kind of went in a weird direction. But I did, um, I used to really like like illustrating books that are already pre-existing yeah yeah (laughs) pre-existing books and then like binding them with a stapler like learning that trick where you kind of fold the paper in half so you can staple in the middle because that's pro zine culture yeah totally yeah and that was like the pro move to get the staple right in the middle middle. yeah so (laughs) i kind of became obsessed with that but i would do weird like i actually used to bury these in my we we first moved to america we lived in this apartment complex Mm -hmm. with like but it's kind of out in the country, like a, a creek in the background and like <laughs> lots of trees and bushes like um, to play in, which is real cool. But I used to bury these, which is really weird. Uh, these books that I like rewrote and illustrated. Were you um, hiding it or saving it for later? No, you know what I was thinking? I was like fantasizing about the person who would find it. Oh, right. And like how exciting that would be. Like a time capsule sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, like except- a time, totally. I probably got it from in school when we had to do a time capsule except no chest to keep it yeah no except it was just a raw (laughs) except it was just raw paper bugs just eat it immediately yeah and especially in buffalo like one winter that thing is toast yeah totally toast yeah um but i used to dig them back up i think i don't know how long i'd wait probably not that long especially when you're younger like a week is forever yeah it feels like two years yeah so i probably would wait like a week and then go dig it back up and then kind of get off on how like (laughs) <laughs> like messed up it looked yeah and how cool that would be if i wasn't myself finding it if it was somebody else um but i did that and then the other thing is yeah there's a lot of books i don't know it's really strange and then um in maybe when i first moved to the states with like my first group of friends that i made we made the series of va- vampire books <laughs> but everything was just called like something pyre uh-huh. So there was like dad pyre and like fish pyre. <laughs> Sounds pretty good though. Yeah, and I I would do the same thing with those books, like bury them and like hope someone finds them. A, a rogue <laughs> yeah. woodsland publisher happens yeah. upon. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. With a small yeah. garden hoe happens upon your yeah. novel. Like, <laughs> yeah, nobody, there would be no reason to be digging. They would just be like out in the front garden of the apartment. Yeah. building and we were like the only kids that lived in the complex it's like nobody would yeah but it's great though it's like imaginative you know yeah maybe remember I imagination so, what's that remember imagination yeah when that was the thing i know yeah it's so cr- i was just thinking the other day um do you know like do you remember i don't know yeah I, 
I feel like when I used to close my eyes, like I used to have, I was just talking uh, about this to somebody, like when I used to close my eyes, I used to see all kinds of crazy, like I used to love laying in bed and like seeing all the things. Oh yeah, the like colors in, and or like you don't patterns. Even have, and... Yeah, and like you didn't even have to close your eyes, you could just like lay in the dark mm-hmm. and see things, like I don't, that doesn't really happen anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is a lot lay of Lay in the dark that. and see Hulu. Yeah, yeah, now I'm just, I don't know, not, yeah. No, there's just nothing. Yeah, that's a different yeah. headspace, I think. Yeah, totally different headspace. Um, so anyway, that was your entry point to being creative. <laughs> yeah. Was high school better or worse or? High school. Yeah, I have like a neutral feeling about high school. Um, I so in high school I started. I wish I put. I wish this was cooler, but I started playing the flute. Nice. That's cool. <laughs> no, it's not. I. It's like another. Yeah. I really wanted to play the saxophone, like, so bad. That was my instrument. Really? Yep. Yeah. It wasn't oh that God. cool. It was. It's way cooler than the flute. I mean, the now flute is like, it's cool geez. in retrospect, but yeah. I don't think then it was that cool. Oh, man. I, th- I thought the saxophone was like, yeah, I don't know. I really wanted to play saxophone. My friend played saxophone. Um, but my dad or one of my parents suggested I play the flute because it's like, e- small. it's small and like, and true, like, to their to their point, like when I would ever, whenever I would see kids like carrying saxophone cases in the snow it's at like six in the morning, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, I don't know that would that would have sucked. So the flute was good for for that. But. Well, the sax, it's big, but it's not like French horn or tuba big. Yeah, tubas. I feel like they just like left those in school. Yeah, My friend not, played the tuba. And he like just he just tuba. like left that in school. And <laughs> you might get stuck <laughs> under a snowdrift yeah. and never seen again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You have to yeah. play the two, but they sound off an alarm for people to find I you. I know. Oh, my God. It's, yeah. It's amazing that smaller kids, though, can play that. I know. You know. Yeah, I remember a kid on my bus had played the trombone. Yeah. And watching him, like, lug this trombone. My son plays the trombone. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a big one, too. Yeah, it's huge. He's got, like, a tenor one. Oh. It's bigger than him. Wait, I don't know what the difference between t- tenor and... It's just got more, like, instead of the one kind of, like, U-shape in the back, it's got, like, all the twisties. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, cool! Yeah, but it's 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 a haul. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> but oh my god, we got one for home, so that way he doesn't have to. Yeah, I feel it. like you kind of have to have one. Those instruments you have to. I know my friend who played the tuba just had maybe one that he kept at home. Maybe not. They're also like super expensive. Yeah, too. they are. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, well, yeah, the flute is much more manageable. Yeah, much more manageable. And this guy kind of was chosen for convenience, but. You weren't that into it? No, I actually was really into it because I had a really hard time in school. I was never a good student. I was pretty, I mean, I was a good student. I was like, I behaved and all that. And I did my homework. I just didn't do it right. And I didn't, um, I had a really hard time uh, test with test, test taking. See, well, you were a great New Zealand Catholic school student. Yeah, that I just thrived in the you, New Zealand Catholic and that's the school you system. Kind of came up in, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Um, I don't know. That's kind of a bad excuse, though, because if I'm still, I just, yeah, I just had a hard time, a harder time in school. Um, like I got by. It was just like you know, when you're in high school, there's like so much importance. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of weight. On yeah, shoulders. there's like too much weight. So, so the band gave you some yeah yeah i was like really good at it and i really loved it i really loved no i really loved playing (laughs) with other people that was somehow two letters but the the intonation was 
there is no possible way I would ever play that I would thing. never. I feel like embarrassed. It's really, f- like, yeah. I don't know. It's really weird. I have a weird thing I'll, that I probably should figure out with the flute. That I don't know. I feel like there's, like, unresolved feelings, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, you didn't close the door completely on I don't think I did, yeah. And then when people bring it up, it's like. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. I didn't know this wounds were so <laughs> fresh. Touchy, touchy subject. Um no, I, I used to play it, like, every once in a while. The other thing is, is like, the flute, it's just such a, like, really, where are you going to go, where are you going to take that on your own, you know? Like, I played, I was really into, like, competing and playing in those, like, state orchestras and yeah. stuff, and, like, that was so much fun, and, um, I mean, it's just, I think, like, the reason why that's satisfying is the reason my music is satisfying for, and it's just, like, playing, being a part of something, like, yeah bigger than yourself yeah, yeah. it's just like so, that was such a good feeling it was like the, did you listen to a lot of music growing up i did what were you into i was into i mean pop no um yeah a bit like when i was i remember when i was when we moved to the states when i was like 10 11 that's when britney spears and all that came about it was a perfect storm it was the perfect storm yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was, but like, before then like good britney like beginning good britney yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Good not Britney, like shaved, Spice shaved Girls, <laughs> yeah, not Shaved Head. Um, but before then, I wasn't super into Britney, um, but I kind of got on that train. Before then, the, the band that kind of changed, like shook my world was R.E.M. Yeah. Um, my dad, this this is in New Zealand, I was maybe like nine, eight or nine, and we were watching this, um, it's really funny, but because it's not, it wasn't even Michael Stipe, it was this guy on tv dressed as michael stipe and doing a michael stipe impression that's funny um it was like this new zealand talent show and he was playing losing my religion and i just lost my my shit like and that wasn't even the real deal and it wasn't even the real deal which is really (laughs) funny and my dad was like oh this is he's supposed to be michael stipe like this is rem and he like handed me the um uh was it out of time oh right yeah that yeah, he had a CD. Is so that the I, one with Stand? No. Out of Time. That's like later R.E.M. Stand. Well, out of Time isn't the one with um, End of the World as We Know It, is it? No, see, that R.E.M. I'm like not, I'm not super. That's good. Uh, that's, oh, really? Yeah, the early oh, so R.E.M. was really good. Oh, I thought that was later. To, in my mind, that's later R.E.M. Oh, maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah, there's like Monster. But and, it's not. Losing My Religion was later because that I video that came out. No, that came that video came out on MTV after the It's the End of the World as we know it because it was much more produced. Oh. And then the the whole uh, And Automatic for the People came out after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. What was that other video they had that was really big? Not oh, the end, but Um Everybody Hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Um Those are the downer so ones. So funny. I know. The early REM was more college rocky, like perky, upbeat. And then it, it got kind of produced and heavy. Yeah, and then later R.E.M., I think after Automatic for the People, and there was like this one, I can just picture the album cover. It was oh, like... Man on the Moon. That was the other big one. Yeah, but that's later. Yeah, that's R- a later one. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I wasn't super into later R.E.M. It was mostly those two albums, Automatic for the People and Out of Time, mm-hmm. that I was just... Obs- like, I have so many, pretty much from age eight to... Oh my God, I don't know. Like the time I left high school, I was, it was like a constant. It's kind of silly that it's really funny. Um, I never, 
when you listen to REM with people who never got into REM, yeah. they're pretty, they're like, I forgot how it was said. They, they sort of make, they, it sort of sounds like, they sort of sound like children's songs, but yeah, like, yeah. but like rock style. Right. Like the rock version of a child's. I don't know. Now that's sort of what they sound like to me, but they were huge to me when I was younger. And yeah, Britney, of course. But no like jazz flute. No jazz. Oh yeah, actually, I was. This is really embarrassing. I was really into J- Jethro Tull. Oh wow! Because <laughs> he played. <laughs> you're, you're knocking it this out of the park. Really here. embarrassing. <laughs> um, yeah, Jethro Tull. Because he used to do that thing where he like. Pre- my dad got me a Jethro Tull CD again. This is before I could like make my own decisions of like, is this cool? Right. Um, but I was like, oh, this person playing the flute that isn't like playing Bach, and I don't know, like. It just seemed because that's that was my big problem with flute is it like didn't seem applicable to like yeah it wasn't it, cool that's no, not cool it's like it, no, it has not a cool own, it had its own lane yeah and it was the slow lane <laughs> yeah yeah the very <laughs> slow it's, it had its moment and that was we're, yeah we're a bit we're a bit past even in jazz like Herbie Mann and stuff like that was a little even jazz flute is like except for Eric Dolphy Eric Dolphy was like the one guy oh, yeah, I think yeah. who really like went out there with it yeah but there was a lot of cheese. Jazz flute is so frustrating too because it's like if you're gonna, it just didn't seem like the right. It seemed like a little forest, maybe. Yeah. But that was just because I really wanted to play saxophone, and <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed like the I don't know. Jazz flute is like flute trying to be something that it's not. Yeah. But Jethro Tull I thought was cool because, yeah, um, just for that reason that he like at least was doing. Anyways, I was really into him. He used to do that like stand on one leg and play the. Flute. <laughs> Super mortifying. Yeah, I used to do that in front of my mirror all the time. Oh, nice. <laughs> I was like rocking out. Um, yeah, this is all. By the way, this is all gold for people who are looking at your paintings. To like, they never oh, no. would have known. I know. Oh, Jeff, God. That that actually probably like, best they didn't. They don't know. No, I. I mean, I couldn't believe it when you invited me to your studio and you were listening to Jeff Hotel playing <laughs> the flute and painting at the same time. Jeff Hotel is all I listen to when I make my paintings. <laughs> You should have a show just called Jethro Tall and pump albums during the show. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm. It's actually not. It's actually not a bad idea. I want to. Eventually, I want to like bridge the gap here between Jethro Tall and your paintings. My paintings, because I think. Well, anyways. Oh my god! Okay, so you're into that music. You played the flute, and then how did you kind of? decide well i'm gonna go where you're gonna go to college oh yeah you went to suny right yeah yeah so i went to suny potsdam now, what was the intent was it like so, liberal arts art or no so i was any... gonna go for flute for flute oh <laughs> for wow. music yeah um so i yeah music was like i don't know i want i was really really like that was kind of like everything to me but i don't know i might that might i feel like everyone my age can kind of say that when you're a teenager you also have like in you have so much time to discover new music and yeah figure out what you like and that was like really fun that used to really like energize me right that's like exciting yeah it was really exciting um yeah so i was really into i just want to put it out there i was not listening to jethro tall at age like 17 and (laughs) it's okay no one's or even anyways Jeff that was amazing. No one's judging. Oh, it's just so embarrassing. And Kenny G. I mean, that would be something else. Uh, yeah, I've never really listened to Kenny G. Well, you're safe then. Okay. <laughs> I 
think Josh Orotel might be worse. But, um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I really wanted, I was pursuing a degree in music performance. Nice. I was trying to like play in the Philharmonic or something. I don't know what I was trying to do. But um, yeah, so I went to Potsdam, which had the Crane School of Music, which is like a really great school of music there. Uh, it's kind of like conservatory. I don't know. But anyways, when I got there, it sort of all hit me in the face. I was going to say, when, when did the relationship with the flute go downhill? <laughs> Seemingly Probably, I in, think, a, in yeah, a blaze of glory because yeah. you haven't looked back. <laughs> I have not looked back. <laughs> what um, happened? I have the flute. It's sitting, it's in, it's in the trunk in that room over there. And oh, it hasn't okay. been. Yeah, it's it's with me and I have like all my music with me and I think about playing it every once in a while. But oh, okay. I thought you, you know. I've tried to sell it, but I, I don't know. I also feel like, again, obviously I haven't really worked through it because I feel like if I sold it, I would be like <laughs> up at night thinking of, I don't know. Yeah, but you gave me a look when I asked before, like you would shoot anyone on sight if they had a flute in their hand. Yeah, I really, <laughs> I mean, the fl- <laughs> I mean, there's, I've had so many, there's been so many situations. It's mostly like my family. My family was like really bummed when I stopped playing the oh, flute. okay. Because that was like the thing. When you have a, when you have a, kid or a person in your family who like plays an instrument it's like the obvious party trick right right terrible party trick something you should never do to your kids but like i don't know um (laughs) come on out and play some jethro toll for everyone (laughs) that sort of party trick yeah like that kind of party trick Mm. um yeah not good but um where was i going oh yeah well college so you yeah just decided i'm not doing music anymore yeah, it went really sour. Uh, things got pretty sour towards the end of high school because um, I was in, I was taking these private lessons. My teacher was insane, like so strict, so, so strict. Yeah. Um, I was taking like vocal lessons and clarinet and piano and like. It was the joy being Oh, yeah. It was sucked just out of totally the sucked out. Um, and a lot of it was like private. Yeah, a lot of those private lessons, like that was the focus of like you know, honing your skills, like voice. I don't know why I take vocal lessons, but, um, and piano, like sight singing, all that, like all that stuff, which is just to be a well-rounded, probably for auditions and stuff. Yeah. So you're a well-rounded musician. That's sort of what made me realize that what I, what I enjoy, the thing I enjoyed about playing music was playing with other people. Yeah. And I didn't really love it enough to like really spend hours alone in a practice room. Right. Like, you fed off I the, just, yeah, the like communal was, aspect of it. Yeah, totally. Like that is not, yeah, that sort of hit me in the face like towards the end of high school. But then I went, I kind of planned on going to college for it just because it was like the one thing I... It was your calling card to get yeah. in, right? Or to excel. Yeah, and it was like the one thing I was, I shouldn't say that. I'm like, I'm, I have other... <laughs> no, but I mean, it was the, the one thing that you put a lot of stock into. Totally, you were very yeah, talented yeah, yeah. At, So it could yeah. be a leg up. Basically. Yeah, I was like, I guess I'll Not just like do that's, this. Well, the only thing I could do <laughs> was only play thing. this metal yeah. rod. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing I'm good at. Um, no, so yeah, at the time it was like, yeah, it kind of gave me that leg up. Um, but then I got, yeah, I got to school and just didn't, again, like didn't want to be didn't want to be alone in a practice room like playing classical like that was i just you wanted the more communal side of it yeah well it's a good thing you switched to be <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i spend all day alone where you're literally like we're all in a yeah. cave all day just totally <laughs> it's like way less communal way less communal than heck our performances aren't even there yeah no like, we drop the kids off at the performance yeah and we 
Oh, I guess there's an opening for two there's hours. There's an opening for like two that, hours, and I don't like even really. But no openings connection. aren't like. I don't know. I don't like my. I don't like openings myself. But yeah. yeah well, performing is so great because yeah, when you're on stage, and it's not just, and it's not it's all visceral. on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like this communication you're doing with yeah. the audience without like people saying like, so how are you playing those notes there? Or yeah. Like, how are you getting that sound out of your? You know. Yeah. They're just feeling it. Yeah. Whereas and in it's, art, it's like kind of like oh so what does this mean? You know, all that mm-hmm. stuff, which can kind of... And it's like an action. It's like something you're participating in where it's like the equivalent, like you're opening. It's like you're just literally standing in front of all the stuff that you made alone. Yeah. Look, <laughs> for, look what I did. Yeah, like look, <laughs> look what I've been doing yeah, by myself that. for the past, <laughs> like so many months. It's weird, right? What do and you then think? people are like, good job, yeah, yeah. way to go. It's super weird. It is. It's not, it's not, not the same. But, um... Yeah, so, yeah, and then I, I was taking painting class. Yeah, I went to, like, a liber- liberal arts. It's, like, a state school, but it's definitely more, like, liberal arts teaching college. Did, um, you, did you catch the painting bug in Totally. Class? Yeah, no, well, yes. I really, I, I think the first class I took was drawing or, like, some color and design thing. Um, yeah, it was just fun. I felt like I was, like, I felt like I was... I don't know, it was, like, really exploratory. I feel like the college I went to was, like, very... Um, it did not set me up, really, for grad school. It mm-hmm. was very, like... It was very supportive and, like... But I really... I think I really needed that. Um, Sounds a little more like the first school that you went to. Yeah, it was... Yeah. A little more... Yeah. Kind of, like, the, like welcoming. Yeah, very welcoming. Um, whatever whatever you're doing is fine and good. Um yeah, I had a hard time with painting at first, um, and then I got, and then, yeah, and then I feel like there was a point where I just, or there were a few big breaks I had mm-hmm. where it was, yeah. I haven't really had that feeling since. It's, like, the first few times where you, like, I don't know, where you, like, really paint. Um, a lot of times it's, like, without even really thinking too much. I don't know. I was also painting these, like, huge... <laughs> heads these like giant faces mm-hmm. um and they were from photographs but it was really into i don't know painting from a photograph and the way i was painting it was like very i could like kind of tune out and i would listen to like the same song on repeat <laughs> for just hours and hours and hours and that was like the first sort of that practice was like the first time i really like hit that zone yeah like really fell in love with painting it's like all i wanted to do was just do it do that yeah what uh what jethro tall song (laughs) (laughs) repeat jethro (laughs) tall the whole record (laughs) oh god no 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 jethro tall by then by then it was like also probably more embarrassed it was like depeche mode and oh that's great um nothing I was like, just like everyone else, like totally obsessed with Radiohead. Yeah. Like everybody right. else. Um, Bjork. Yeah, Bjork, um, Bjork. When I think Radiohead, Elliot I Smith. think Bjork. <laughs> Elliot Smith. Yeah. Uplifting. <laughs> yeah. Some stuff that I would never let, like, I used to, yeah, I used to walk around like alone at night listening to Elliot Smith. Oh, man, and, that's like, risky. And like Sue Ross. I would never put myself. Yeah. yeah, it's risky physically and also like no, it's emotionally. A, no, I meant it's a downer. Oh, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, listen to enough Elliot Smith and like you I know, know. it really bring it down. Yeah, I kind of it was I don't know when you're younger you like enjoy I kind of like yeah you want the spectrum of feeling yeah. 
This, and then yeah. at a certain point, you, you're like, no, I, I think I get that spectrum yeah. of day-to-day life. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I would never just- put myself, <laughs> like, now I would never, I have a kind of a hard time listening to, like, ambient, um, I mean, even, like, Brian Eno, like, yeah. I have, it, like, hits me really, uh, yeah, and that's, like, I used to be able to listen to him, like, all day, fall asleep, nonstop. Yeah. And just, I don't know, maybe just be, like, more comfortable sitting in that space. But no, I would never. I mean, I love Brian Eno, but it's, like, really hard to, like, I mean, life's hard enough. And then you're, like, putting yeah. yourself in this weighty, like, emotional yeah. headspace. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like life. I feel like certain music fits, like, puzzle pieces into aspects of your life. You yeah, know? totally. Like, being here in New York... There's a certain pace and intensity that I think warrants a certain engagement with mm-hmm. the creative stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas like when you're in college, if or well, I guess if you're somewhere in your life where you feel a little separated from that creative community yeah. or a little outside of that, you really want to challenge like, you know, when I was in school, I it was whatever was avant garde I wanted to listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was listening to Sun Ra like crazy mm-hmm. and just anything that was out there. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. Like, like oval and all that, like Brian Eno-ish, like yeah, ambient, yeah. abstract, glitchy stuff. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Felt like, yeah, this Apex is... Apex Twin. Yeah, definitely. Is it Apex? Or... I heard someone pronounce it Apex the other... No, it's Apex. I thought it was Apex, it's too. Apex okay. Yeah, yeah. Phew. Yeah, uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, It's yeah. just like gold, you know? Yeah, like, oh, totally. yeah, these people are really into it. Like Autecker. I love Autecker, but it's so cold and... Autecker. It's like Apex Twinny, but yeah. even more like... It is very cold, cold electronic I know. kind of like... You yeah, know. Apex Twin used to like... Yeah, I don't know. It's really it's it's I think it's like a practice though. It definitely takes if you if you take it's sort of like painting, like if you take, you know, like having a a lengthy rest from that sort of music, like coming back into it is just like it does feel really cold and um, Yeah, but now there's nostalgia though. There is nostalgia. Like if you listen yeah. to old Apex Twin. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. It's weird, it's like nostalgic. And then the new stuff is like, oh, that's just him a way later. You know what I mean? It's yeah, weird. the new yeah the new stuff isn't yeah old. it doesn't connect. I'm sorry, it's like a puzzle. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just doesn't connect like it did. Totally, I know. Which is depressing because if you think of as a creative person, yeah, that we're going to be doing our thing for a long time, right? And maybe it's not I fitting know. in the way it does. Yeah, but there's something admirable about what he's doing, and I love listening to like new releases by people like that who've been around for a long time. I know. I I'm really really bad at. I don't know. I kind of, I don't know what's happened to me. But I, yeah, I want to say like maybe three years ago or less, I sort of like stopped listening to music. Oh, yeah. It happened a bit in grad school. When I was in grad school, I felt like grad school kind of puts you in this like headspace of, or just needing to be productive. Mm-hmm. Like everything you do, you need to be like gaining something or right. learning something because it's so condensed and like i don't know and you and you really feel like you need to prove yourself and like solidify uh your reasons for making the work you're making so like a lot of your energy goes into that which is really great because like when else do you have that intensity? that's true i know yeah but it is intense it's so intense but then i i sort of stopped listening to music i was listening to way more music in grad school than i do now but i that was the first time in my life where listening to, this is terrible sounding but listening to music felt like a waste of time mm-hmm. and that's sort of when i got into podcasts it's like oh i need to be gaining something oh, which is yeah. bad which is not healthy no i know what you mean though it's like yeah. you want to 
I feel like that more since I started teaching, where ah. like I listen to a lot more podcasts and listen to books on tape because I feel like I need to reconnect with my like keep the cobwebs of my intellectual side of my brain, yeah, kind of like dust it off, yes. you know? And if I'm just listening to music all the time, it's great, but I feel like I do need to fuel my my brain in a way, yeah, in a different way. The thing, I, so I I I put music on in the studio like last week. I'm not kidding for the first time in months, wow. a while. What was it? Was I think it actually was. It, it was actually, a, it was a, it was one of those spot. It was, it was one of those Spotify mixes that is, was based off a of Leonard Cohen song. Mm-hmm. And actually it had a lot of Elliot Smith on there. And it, like you were saying, I kind of went down that like nostalgic. Oh yeah. But it's the same thing. It's like, wow, I'm just listening to the same music I listened to when I was like right. 20. Um, and that's the tricky thing is like, I don't feel like I have the time or I'm, that's the total lie. I probably do have the time if I wanted to make the time, but I don't feel like I can make the time to like, I don't have the energy to like seek out new music, yeah. which is a problem. But, um, but, I, but yeah, I listened to music for the first time the other week and realized how, how hard i mean it's like listening to podcasts and audiobooks is really great and distracting especially when you're doing like repetitive work but it totally there's no thinking like you're i don't know it kind of puts you in this like zombie there's no thinking for yourself right so yeah yeah, you're not you're engaged in a different way yeah you're just you're literally like someone's just like taking your hand and like leading them through through leading you through like whatever I don't know. Also, yeah, whatever story. I'm listening to so many murder, like true crime, which is terrible because I spend <laughs> like all day in that um, like headspace. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I I, I kind of I didn't realize how much I needed that. Now I'm back listening to podcasts again. I was listening to music for like two days. <laughs> but, and I was like, wow, this is great. I'm working and I'm thinking. Yeah about something besides the story that i'm listening to this is revolution yeah it was just crazy and it just it blew my mind how long it had been since i'd experienced that Mm -hmm. like just thinking about something besides what i'm being told to think about while working which is insane yeah that that's what podcasts do yeah you could just be someone grabs your hand and takes you down yeah you you have to do there's no thinking on your on your so which is which is crazy and i didn't realize that music what you know like music contributed yeah i don't know all that like empty headspace which was really nice i don't know well when you got out of um grad school Mm -hmm. i guess was it a good experience and and what were you doing at that point i guess we could talk a little bit about art yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna get really in yeah uh, irritated of the people who want to hear you talk about your paintings (laughs) and like (laughs) my jethro tell obsession um yeah I were they abstract in school? Was yeah. So in undergrad, they were like giant heads. Pretty embarrassing stuff. Looking back, um, uh, I'm that's yeah. I think most that's of what us, undergrads for. Most yeah. of yeah, getting yeah. out. Yeah, exercising getting the demons. That, yeah, getting all that out. <laughs> um, definitely. And then in grad school, I like entered grad school still making those giant heads. Um, How I, giant is giant? Um, like, like six foot. Yeah, like six foot. Like. I think the biggest one I made was like eleven, like nine by eleven. Gestural? No. Uh, oh God, they were like really meaty. It's so cliche undergrad work. You know what? Everyone, everyone's making like really gory. Like, oh yeah. 
like Baselitz meets uh, Jenny Seville. Yeah, I was like of. looking at Jenny Seville, of course. I don't know. Like there's, I don't know else. if there's an undergraduate in the world who doesn't look at Jenny Seville. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, she was, you know, monument. I mean, definitely. Monumental. Definitely, paintings. yeah. Um, and they're really fun. Like, painting like that is really fun. Yeah. I was having a lot of fun. Um, it's like a joyous that, exploration of yeah. paint in a way. Yeah, and there's also not that much, like, there's not much decision making on your part, which I think is important. In a way, it was like an important way to build up the practice is mm-hmm. not making those decisions and just like building up an actual practice, like how to stay in, the, like wanting to stay in the studio for eight right. hours and um, yeah, like that sort of thing. But um, yeah, when I moved, when I went on to grad school, I sort of felt tired of making those um, those heads and I started drawing. I started making these like charcoal drawings and I still was making those heads, but they were starting to kind of like, um, they were starting to become like a bit more abstract. Mm-hmm. And I started working with a grid <laughs> a lot. Large scale drawings? Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. They were like nine. I would just pin up like sheets of, huge sheets of paper, like glue them together with um, that like rubber cement, yeah. paper cement, I forget what it's called. Like um, podge kind of stuff? Yeah. yeah. Um, they were usually like 11, yeah, maybe like, they were pretty long, they were pretty long, like landscape, maybe like 11 by, like 8 by 11. Um, and they were super gestural, um, and they were more like forms like emerging and, um, being submerged in this grid. Mm -hmm. I was really into the grid, I was really into, um... I was really into like the idea of how the grid functioned and kind of making like this dysfunctional grid space. You mean kind of like a balance between order and yeah, exploding that order out through the sort of. gesture and the the sort painting of. side of it. Yeah, it's hard because I don't know what these paintings look like. <laughs> I'm just taking as I'm describing like this stab is in the dark. probably not sounding so good. Um, yeah, um, yeah, and I yeah, and I think like as I. Like, as I'm, I mean, when I came into grad school, it was more like disorder. I yeah. think I can say that actually up until now, I've, my paintings are just becoming more and more ordered. But I still am like, that's like a constant theme is I'm really into like the, um, it's more, it's like repetitive mark making, um, like things seeming really like permanent and held together and like well structured and confident and threatening but also like a little fragile and um yeah like a little scared kind of like silly so like the the drawing sort of looked like that but they're definitely more architectural yeah um and yeah the scale i don't know so much of it was about gesture like looking back and but just now since, it's like, yeah totally different right yeah how yeah, did you how did you develop that kind of like painting language that you use now which is almost like it feels there's like whimsy in them Mm -hmm. and there's there's a lot of kind of i don't know play between balance and compositional balance and then also just the visual literal balancing of objects and yeah i think about balance a lot and that's been like there's kind of like a reflective quality or Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. it, it seems but there's play and there's a lot of different textures going on but it all feels kind of composed and a little more ordered mm-hmm. than what I'm picturing, what the older work sounds yeah. like. So did you just slowly develop that kind of abstract language? Yeah. Through working on the way it's painted? Is yeah. it all oil? 
Yo, so I just moved. I just switched back to oil. I, they were all acrylic gouache up until like this past summer. So up until August. So I've been working with oil again since August. What made you go back? Um, I had a not what the speed of the paint. Um, no, that I miss because I'm a I'm a did really. You, imp- <laughs> did you well, think I was? Asking if you were taking speed, oh. and that made you want to switch over to oil paint. <laughs> was it the crack? It was the crack. <laughs> you were spending too much time off off the canvas, and you needed a longer dry. Right, time. right, right. Okay, it's now a, it makes yeah. sense. <laughs> um, no, I'm like a really impatient person, so I have a really hard time with that. Um, I'm so impatient, yeah. so. Um, no, I miss I miss the drying time of acrylic paint for sure. It was um, I had too many paint. I, I acrylic gouache like it needed to be acrylic gouache. I didn't really like acrylic for my work, for like this body of work. Um, I've been working with acrylic before, yeah, more with like tape, taping stuff off, and I stopped doing that. Um, moved to gouache. I loved. I love the surface of gouache so much, so beautiful, but it's, it's just seductive. so fragile. Yeah. It's yeah, so I, I just had too many situations mostly in the studio of me not looking after my work, um, being careful enough and like just scuffing corners or like getting work back from shows. Like I got a painting back from a show and just from it being transported. Yeah. And not hanging up on a wall, like the edges just getting kind of scuffed. And I was like, this isn't you can really. You breathe on it the wrong way. And it'll yeah, make a you, mark. you literally, yeah, you breathe on, especially black. Like I have a lot of like oh, yeah. flat black. Yeah. You breathe on it and there's like this little <laughs> smudge. Yeah. Have you ever used the, uh, the golden black gesso? No. It's so nice because it literally eats light. Because you know, when you usually use black, yeah. it's refl- you can't see it because it's always reflecting. Well, that stuff is like, you know. It's so matte, but if you even like a finger, I know. just lightly will make a mark. Yeah. Like, All right. Got to paint the whole thing over. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, it's really, fr- I got kind of sick of, I'm not a very, I'm not a fussy enough person with my work, even though my work's like pretty fussy, but I'm not like a, f- I don't take it. To- <laughs> I think I, I probably feel a similar way. Yeah. Like people see my work, think it's like tidy or like yeah, 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 super yeah. neat or something, but I'm not like that. But it's it just not- it happens to be some order in there. But, yeah. Yeah. That's how I But am. I'm cool with, you know, yes. you don't have to white glove it around the studio. Or yeah, something. totally. So yeah. we've all met those people who are like, yeah. you know, I don't know. Everything how- is so delicately. I know. Like yeah. Feather dusting it. And <laughs> I know. Yeah. I can't. I, I'm not that precious. I can't about take it. it to that level. Yeah. I can't even, I don't know. That's just, I have a really hard time like slowing down yeah. in general, like in life. I have a hard time walking slow, eating slow, talking. Like I, everything just like should be a bit slowed down probably. Mm, you're in the right city for. <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely. But I think that's probably what that I think that like extra step takes, yeah. you know, that requires you to like really slow down. And I don't know, I've been pra- I've, the biggest change in my work is like that I've experienced lately is just practicing like intentionality being like what I used to be a little more loose with like, oh, I don't really like that, but I'm going to leave it in the painting yeah. because... I can't be bothered. You don't want it to be. Yeah, like I don't do that. Fussed over to the nth degree. Yeah, yeah, but I don't do that anymore at all. Like if something's in a painting I don't like, I just take it out, which yeah. sounds like a really silly thing to, um, that seems like a s- silly practice to be right. kind of like monumental in your 
but for me that was like a huge shift yeah, yeah. um i was like that too with speed too because yeah. i use acrylics and i use a hair dryer because i was dry using fast enough. yeah i was using a a heat gun <laughs> they say hair dryers are better than heat that's guns. what people say but the heat guns are so fast but why are hair dryers better that because supposedly uh, someone at the hardware store was describing it he said you're better off with the with the um the viscosity like the way the paint is mm. that if you actually just use a hair dryer it'll work better because can you burn heat, heat guns can it can be too hot too oh yeah i have bu- i've burned you burn a hole through your painting <laughs> i've burned big many. old hole oh yeah i've burned oh, really? oh yeah my paintings that i was making so the work i was making after grad school i got that this fellowship uh in new york because i moved to new york um and I started making like painting versions of those drawings, and that was a lot of taping yeah. and a lot of the heat gun. My friend gave me her heat gun from from grad school, and she was using it to like melt plastic. This <laughs> would be I was great like, for cool. your tape. This, Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I mean, I loved it. I still love it. I'll never throw it out. I, I don't know. If, I probably won't use it again, but um, but yeah, the smell like that's yeah. like a really I really distinct smell of like burning paint and also burning um i was painting on panel for a bit and like you oh, can the smell the wood oh man that might be a little which is strong. a nice smell actually i really like it's like a sauna right, kind of right. smells like it's like earthy. warm yeah it's nice um but but a hair dryer does do it do pretty that? quickly doesn't so, but it will never bubble the paint no. oh yeah i have a lot of like i'll bubbly. stick it right on matte medium you know to get the yeah, matte yeah. medium to dry and it, it dries in a, you know 10 <sighs> seconds and it's not it doesn't it's not changing any like physical <laughs> properties of anything <laughs> yeah i've had paintings and i like i don't i would never show these paintings of this whole this all these paintings are like pretty trashable to me that i was making like during that time um but yeah i have paintings that have like bubbles because i would just watch the paint like i wouldn't really actually I, that's the problem i like wouldn't be watching the paint and oh, just yeah, like just doing it <laughs> yeah and just listening to podcasts blasting it yeah listening to podcasts like spacing out and then just smell the smell and then just seeing the paint like Whoa. bubble up and then it deflates but it doesn't look the way it's supposed to how archival that is yeah it's not <laughs> <laughs> these are all like yeah i would never show these paintings but that's the work I was making like four years ago, and it was like really gestural, um, kind of like veil, like linear, lot very linear um, systems, kind of acting as like veils, like revealing and concealing mm-hmm. some like greater chaos. It, it was pretty sim. They were pretty similar to the drawings in the way that they were structured, and they weren't deliberate at all. So, so how did we get to what what's here in the studio? Yeah. Um, I had like a huge, I felt, um, I've, I had kind of a big, like I came to the realization that I felt really removed from the work I was making because it wasn't deliberate and because I was like really stubbornly all about process and like, and intuitive mark making and all that stuff. And I was like really defiant in, in being all about that. But I sort of got to this place where I, wasn't making the work that I actually wanted to make um, and not being intentional. And I wasn't, I, it all became like a little too insular. Like they were a little too self-referential and like, I don't know. I, 
they weren't based on observation that was like a huge thing I started just making like little line drawings based on observation Mm -hmm. like walking in the train or like so they're really architectural these line drawings like compositional sketches and yeah like super basic and then I would make like a few other versions of that figure out what I liked what I didn't like um I brought back this like oblong shape it's like oblong shape that I called like a lozenge shape mm-hmm. and that was really big that those were my drawings um it was kind of like this sort of felt like this like standing figure but also a bit like a, a bit like a shadow or like a bit like a doorway um or like a void so that came back with that architecture with this like pretty vague architecture um and these were acrylic paintings I was making then um, but yeah, that was just really huge, like making paintings from observation, taking out everything I didn't think that I needed, um, and being like really intentional. And a little more, I guess, a little more composed. Yeah, way, way more composed. Yeah. Um, and that was like three years ago. Um, and then I started working a bit more with pattern. And that probably came about with gua- working in gouache kind of, yeah, Gouache is like, it's beautiful, but it's frustrating in the sense that you like can't paint. It's really hard to paint like a gradient yeah. or like render anything right, right. <laughs> in gouache. It's flat. It's super flat, yeah. which is great. But um, so yeah, it was kind of using pattern to, um, pattern and texture a bit to define space. Um, and now that I'm working with oil, like I'm still using that pattern that sort of like, I cat like dangerous. I really like. I don't know. I'm really into this like dangerous. It's if I think it's honestly having a <laughs> having a garden yeah. and everything in my life I can think of like all the images that have really stuck with me, and it's usually like plant life, like insects. That like c- crazy feeling you get when you see something that like looks really dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> in it in its in its environment, you know. Yeah. Um. Or like that awful feeling you get when you see something that looks like something that's like looking back at you right. and you like feel its presence. I became, I'm like still really, I really love that feeling. Um, that's a really interesting thing to try to inject into a two-dimensional image. Yeah. That's abstract too. Yeah. It's not just like a painting of spiders in a garden or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's really funny because I started, yeah, I started painting these heads so I, was, I always really liked that sort of feeling of like being watched by, yeah, by by like an object. But I, I don't know. I do this thing. I think I sort of personify a lot of objects, actually. Um, but that's like a theme that's kind of carried on into my work. Because yeah. I really love work that kind of like looks back at you and sort of engages you and makes you feel a little little uneasy but also sort of like threat i don't know that sort of balance between like threatening non-threatening but yeah a lot of i've sort of just like over the past few years i've made that connection that these are the things that like all the things that i'm most um inexplicably terrified by or like the thing like visual um yeah like those i don't know like symmetry for me is really like threatening and yeah. kind of like startling. It's so funny. Yeah. Manta rays. Yeah, manta rays, <laughs> moths, like mushrooms for a while. I was like yeah. terrified of mushrooms. 
Um, so just paint them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Um, that's sort of how I got to where I am. But, I, but like with the oil paint, um, working in oil paint, I'm sort of like trying to um, patterns. Yeah, it's kind of like this transitional. Some of that patterning might. I don't know if it's going to be like as necessary as it was with the when I was working with gouache. Yeah. Um, well, I think yeah. I find them. They're really intriguing. They don't look like a lot of other things. Oh, cool. They That's have good. their own kind of good. world or personality. I don't know. It's yeah. hard to describe. And I think that's a nice thing. Cool. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, good. Sometimes you can just see work and be like, oh, yeah, that's just reminds me of this. And it kind of looks like that. And, blah, blah. and I don't know. For for some reason, yours seems like otherworldly, you know. Oh, cool. In a way. Cool. Good. Which is, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. good thing. Yeah. So what do you have coming? Do you have anything coming up or anything? How can people see your work? Uh, so I have the solo opening at Davidson. Mm-hmm. On the Which, t- where? In Chelsea mm-hmm. on the 21st of February till March. Man, that's right around the corner. It's like next week. Well, you're <laughs> it's doing like, talking to me. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. No, you've got everything's done, right? And ready yeah, to go. everything's yeah. done with the exception of like one thing I'm kind of finishing up. But everything's done, um, and that'll be up to March 30th. That's great. People yeah. Check that out for sure. Yes. And then you're you're active on social media. Yeah, and then my Instagram is just my name. Yeah. Angela Heish. And I have a website, but I don't really, I don't know, it's such a pain to, I think it's pretty up to date, but. Yeah, websites. Yeah, that's kind of unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah, someone's yeah. asking me, someone's asking me about how often I update my website. I'm like, well, I, I kind of think of a website as, it's almost like a relic. It's kind of like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's kind of like an archive. It is. Yeah. I know. It's so much easier to keep people up to date with things and with addresses and images and stuff on social media. I know. Yeah. It becomes like, it's, it's become its own category in a way. I'm not sure. I, yeah, I'm trying to gauge like how relevant websites still are for artists. I don't think they, I think it's just somewhere. Cause some artists just don't have websites and they're surviving fine. Yeah. I think there's just the generation of people who still go to websites. There are definitely. And there's a generation. <laughs> there's definitely people who are like, I'm looking at your website. And it's like, oh, God. Yeah, right. <laughs> What's on there? Like, yeah. I don't even know. What, what are you looking at? It seems to have stopped in 1997. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I got to get back on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for having me by. Yeah, It was really cool to see by. your work in person before yes. the show. And yes. it opens up very soon. Yeah, next week, Thursday. Oh, well, by the time this hits and it's probably going to be be open so people can go check it out go check it out all right it was nice to meet you yeah nice meeting you too thanks